powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, that was certainly a game. It was something. I don't know how great it was, but anyway, we're here and we're going to talk about it. Welcome back to Game Over Calgary. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That was uh, that was completely underwhelming. And you know what? You could probably blame it on me for betting. I put five bucks down on a Flames comeback. Um, but if you want to bet, you can do it. Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Football continues. The World Series is around the corner and they've dropped the puck on the hockey season. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And playing responsibly is not something the Calgary Flames did today in the defensive zone as they introduce our guest uh, for the show. This is uh, Nate Thomas, good buddy of mine. You can find him over. Uh, he's a Flames fan who covers the Anaheim Ducks. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, a little bit at the end here. But yeah, welcome uh, to not only Game Over, but making his SDPN debut. Nate, how are you, buddy? Not too bad. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm very happy to be here, even if it's you know, oh. not with great circumstances, I guess. Yeah, it's not happy. It's it's not a not a happy game for sure, and not one that uh, the Calgary Flames are going to want to remember. They're going to have to have a short memory because um, a lot of things went wrong, and we can start by talking about some of those things that went wrong. First, I mean, I'd like I'd love to get your perspective first and foremost on the goaltending because for those of you who don't know, Nate is a goalie by trade, so he knows a thing or two about the crease. Um, my initial thoughts, I don't know if Markstrom was shaky or like I don't pin a lot of what we saw early on in this game on him necessarily. There were a lot of things that kind of led to um, the first, you know, couple goals, the first few goals that he let in that eventually ends up, you know, ending his night. Uh, but your perspective on that and the eventual goaltending change. Yeah, I, I could definitely see the shakiness out of Markstrom to start for whatever reason. Uh, I was talking with somebody uh, earlier this week. It was uh, Brad, a buddy of ours, uh, together on uh, Flames Nation, or uh, not Flames Nation, sorry, Flames Unfiltered. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of brought up the idea of Mark Markstrom was kind of playing deep in his crease. And I was watching it a bit more in that first period. And yeah, every goal against seemed to be that he was playing really far back, right? Like almost Henrik Lundqvist style, I guess. But, uh, you know, Lundqvist, that's, that was the norm for him, whereas Markstrom, it really wasn't. So um, I could definitely see that being part of it. Yeah, he definitely looked shaky. Just there was a couple going by him that probably shouldn't have. His expected uh, goal save above was a negative 1.23 and... That's not great no. out of only 20 minutes of action. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I hate, I hate pinning it on the goalie and it's not like, like, I, I really don't think that, I mean, the numbers maybe say otherwise, but I really don't think he was terrible, but there seems to be this narrative going around on Twitter and, and in other spaces that Jacob Markstrom is all this, you know, this Vesna candidate that was, that we saw last year, just all of a sudden out the window and. I'm not sure I buy that as much as people are trying to push that narrative. But I guess the saving grace to that is Dan Vladar, Vladar excuse me, came in. Going to congratulate him, by the way, for a big two-year extension uh, today as well. 
Um, nice round 2.2 million on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so kudos to him. Congratulations to him. But he comes in, he steps in, he lets in the first shot he faces, but then kind of stays steady and, and you know, for the most part, plays a pretty decent uh, remainder of the hockey game. Yeah, Davlidar played really well tonight, pretty much stopping anything he should have. Um, there's nothing really that I would call really too much against him, I guess I would say. Um, what were the final shots, I guess, for him specifically? Uh, oh, 17 of 19 shots, yeah. so an 895. But when you're only when you're getting less than 20 shots, right? Even though you're playing 40 minutes, yeah, the, the save percentage is going to be a little a small sample there size. for sure. So yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, he came in. Besides that first shot on goal that he let in, I thought he looked solid. And uh, something that the Sportsnet panel had even uh, had had brought up as well was just the fact that during the TV intermission, the the big thing I found between these two and from my own experience as well, right? Like every goalie wants the net, but you have like your teammates at the end of the day, right? Nobody mm-hmm. else on your team understands exactly what you're going through other than your goaltending partner, right? So to see Markstrom just telling uh, Vladar, just, you know, like keep going basically. Like he was, he, he was playing awesome at that point. Uh, it was, it was really great to see. So and I think just shows the, uh, yeah, the partnership that these two have that'll continue now for the next two seasons with Flidar getting re-signed there, or extended, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I'm just reading a few of the comments here. Uh, good point. Nobody goes 82-0, and 0, but man, Marquis looked shaky this year. He's got to clean that up. I can understand that to an extent, but at the same time, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit as this as this post-game show goes on, um, you know, no, they didn't do a whole lot of favors for him. I talk about no. like the, the five guys in front of him tonight and my God, did it ever look evident that they missed Noah Hannafin or like how oh. good would, how good would an Oliver Shillington and I know he's dealing with personal stuff and I hope to God that everything's okay with him, but how mm-hmm. good would an Oliver Shillington look in a game like tonight where, you know, moving the puck and, and, and skating through transition and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, stuff that he's really good at, <laughs> you know, those two yeah. are definitely, definitely missed tonight. Um, Sabres fans dropping in the chat. Wop, wop. Sabres rock the flames. They did. They did indeed. Uh, talk about the gift from the referee. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was nice. Um, definitely, you know, it didn't prove to be detrimental because the, the Sabres still won, but that's one of those ones that you could look back on if the Flames ended up winning this game and being like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> like, this could have gone a completely other direction if it wasn't for this puck going off the ref's gate. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little bias, I guess, on my end, but just kind of seeing some of the calls that Calgary was getting, uh, you know, in like the five, ten minutes prior to that uh, fortunate, unfortunate bounce, depending on what side of this game you're on, uh, happened. I was kind of looking at it like, oh, well, that's just, making up for it i guess whether he intended to or not and i'm not saying that you know the ref's intending to get no puck or anything like that it's a freak accident for the most part but uh it's just like oh okay happy accident kind of makes up for it that works and you feel bad though eh like yeah you 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 feel bad for the guy because you know that like well he went up and he apologized to Comrie. and Comrie was like you know what like what like he looked like he was a good sport about it like what are you gonna do like yeah. Refs get out of the get out of the way like ninety five percent of the time, and they do their damn best to get out of the way every single time. There's going to be a few times where he gets a, uh, a skate on a puck, or he gets tied up with a guy, and and stuff like that's going to happen. But um, it is what it is. 
Somebody's saying, I wonder if Vladdy was out celebrating his new extension last night, anticipating being the backup. Don't know about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I don't know how much these, I buy these that. These NHL guys <laughs> know that anything can happen. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's it's almost one of the cliches about the about the league at this point, right? Is like you could have a really good team play against. I mean, look at the home or yeah, the the home opener against Montreal and uh, Toronto there, right? Where you're taking you're you're taking the under right on uh, oh yeah on on Toronto doing it, and Montreal's just like. Nah, we're we're taking this game. It's our home opener, so anything can happen. You know what? You're gonna fit in perfectly fine here on uh, SDPN. <laughs> Biting the hand that feeds—that's what I'm proficient I'm at. I'm not meaning to. Biting the I, hand I, that I, feeds. I at least didn't at least didn't go in depth on the Arizona Toronto game. Okay, that's where we'll leave it because I still want to keep my job, and I'm not gonna lose it at the expense of you. Um, so we will proceed. Uh, we both took some notes in this game, and I'm just gonna try to pull them up here because. Usually the way I do it is I like to take notes by period. But the way this game went, I was like, I don't think that this is, you know, it's going to be worth it because it's all going to be the same stuff for each period. Um, One thing that I really wanted to touch on to start uh, about this post-game breakdown is the defensive defensive zone coverage. And and I wrote, I actually wrote down, I'm like, defensive zone coverage? Hello? Because yeah, like it, was it just didn't exist. And that's where we oh. that's where we get into the whole not Markstrom's fault. Um I also put down Flames giving up way too many slot chances because the slot was just always open. There was always a guy that could be open on the slot. And I think they scored two or three of those goals from uh from yeah, point blank in there. the slot. Yeah, yeah. And and like yep. That's just a product of of just piss poor defensive zone coverage and leaving that slot wide open. Yeah. Now to compare it, because you did bring up that uh, I do cover the Anaheim Ducks this season, they are not known or they are known for their not great defensive coverage, and it almost looked almost looked comparable to the Ducks tonight, where just that slot was wide open. Buffalo was able to take any chances that they wanted there. Yeah, it was not a good time. Uh, the pairing, I guess, I had specifically was Zadorov-Anderson. I know they're not guys that normally play together, but yeah, the, it it's an experiment that should be a one-game-and-done thing if you can help it. it yeah. Just, it, it did not look good. I, I just think, I think Zadorov just had a bad game. I know he scored. I think he had a bad game in general. Um, yeah, our friend Justin C of Red Central. If you guys are on Flames Twitter, you know who he is. Always posts that picture of that Simpsons episode where the whole class turns around and they're looking at Bart and he said they're like do the th- or say the thing and he's and it's like Zador or PK time Zadorov going off, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's like it's just funny because last year he tweeted that so much and this year it's becoming a recurring thing and you know he scores that goal that that kind of gives them a bit of a boost and like a bit of momentum kind of, you know, exactly what you need in a comeback. And, um, then he takes that, that stupid, stupid penalty and, uh, yeah. they end up scoring on that power play. And that's essentially the nail in the coffin for the flames, uh, in tonight's contest. But yeah, there's just, there's just so many little things that were not good. Like structurally, like we talked about the D zone coverage. We talked about, um, the slot. Another thing too is, you know, talking about the opponent, Buffalo, 
playing down to a lesser opponent is something that the Flames are proficient at or have been proficient at in years past. Because most people would look at the schedule to start this season and say, okay, uh, they're probably going to go 2-1 and one in their first three and we'll be happy with that. That would be great. They go 3-0. and oh, They play three yep. really good opponents. And then they see game four. Okay, that's your scheduled win. That's your scheduled win right there against the Buffalo Sabres. And they beat the piss out of them. Buffalo did to Calgary. So yeah. I don't know what it is about the Flames and playing down to a lesser opponent, but they seem to be very good at it. Yeah, this is a game that I thought they like hopefully wouldn't have considering, you know, Buffalo just played Edmonton the other night and took it to them as well. Right. Like, yeah, it's like Calgary Edmonton is talked vastly for this season as being like the one, two, whichever way you want to go with it for the Pacific division this year. Right. You mm-hmm. can't look up the QE two and see what Buffalo did to Edmonton and go, yeah, no, we'll be fine anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely rough. Um, Buffalo's speed was the one thing that was really on display tonight. Yep. I found just their transition game, getting through guys, uh, getting in those, getting those slot chances and whatnot. And um, the one guy that kind of popped out for me tonight was Tage Thompson. Oh on the yeah. Buffalo dude, side. He was playing he? fantastic. Oh. Uh, that shot that went off the crossbar that uh, we, Oh man, I thought that was it. it was a goal. Yeah. I, I thought, thought so that was too. in. But like I had to, I had to rewind the stream actually when I saw like the radar clock pop up up top. And I was like, 98 from that real what the kids I watched it again. I was like, holy crap like imagine this kid now go for like the all-star skills competition right for the hardest slap shot and oh gets yeah a running start i guess like a, a head start on the thing not from a stationary position like holy the kid's damn good and and some of the comments saying and and i wanted to talk about this too uh sabers will continue to turn heads buffalo is a different team this year they do not, and this is a good point from Steve. They do not quit. They play like they're having fun. And one of the points mm. that I wrote down about Buffalo is they might not out. Uh, what did I say? They might not out skill you on paper, but they're gonna outwork the shit out of you. They will. They will. Yeah. They earn those wins, and they did it in Edmonton. They did it tonight in Calgary. And I know this isn't game over Buffalo. Maybe that'll be coming sometime down the line. Who knows? This isn't game over Buffalo, but I want to give them credit because they played a hell of a game. Yeah, absolutely. The honestly, the way that Buffalo played tonight reminded me of the Ottawa Senators from the COVID season. Yes, right. Just like you said, yes, the team that won't outskill you but will outwork you. That's just out there. It's young guys that are finally becoming cohesive and that sort of thing. Right there, it, there's not enough talent quite there yet to push deep, but it's it's there. You can see it, and it's. I I have felt honestly for Buffalo fans for so long because they they have deserved a team I think that plays well and it seems like it's finally changing for them and going in that direction. I know it's 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 easy to rag on them because they have been bad for so long. Mm-hmm. But god does it ever feel it, it's nice to see these teams like Buffalo like Ottawa finally turn the page and get to a point where holy shit this you know, this team could do something. I don't think they're going to quite do it this year. The Atlantic is still tough, but watch yeah. out in the next couple of years for teams like Buffalo and teams like Ottawa to run that division, especially Buffalo showing it tonight against arguably one of the best teams in the NHL this season. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, maybe the Pagula's got the hint to get out of the locker room and leave the team alone. Yeah, good <laughs> chance. There's a good chance because that was a lot of, a lot of discussion about that. Um, 
This is Game Over Calgary, by the way. My name is Audie. This is Nate. A little bit more uh, about the post game, and then we'll we'll get onto a little more Flames news that kind of broke within the last last twenty four hours to wrap up uh, wrap up today's show. So one of the other things I kind of wanted to bring up about the Flames is, and I talked about it a couple game overs ago, is the first line kind of just like. Not scaring you, but like, hello, it might be time to warm up or maybe, you know, yeah. mix something up a little bit. And it's 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 frustrating because Huberto had a great preseason. Toffoli looked okay in the preseason, but now he's starting to show, okay, maybe that's the Toffoli that we saw at the end of last year. Robert, I'm sorry because I know how much of a Toffoli guy you are. I'm not going to poo-poo on him too hard. But, you know, you're seeing flashes of that of that. Toffoli that we saw in the second half of his tenure last year after the Flames acquired him on Valentine's Day where he just couldn't quite keep up. He just couldn't quite find the back of the net the way he was in his first little stint with the Flames. Your two cents on the Flames' first line and maybe your concerns on them. I know that Huberto did make the comment that it's the first time that he's played with two right-handed guys, so he's still trying to get used to it. And like, Yes, there's practices and everything. I'm giving him a little bit of the benefit of the doubts for the next couple of games, I think, to try to clean that up. Uh, Him and Lindholm have looked well together, I think. Lindholm's got his chances for sure. Um, Yeah, to Foley, though, I I don't want to be down on him really either, but it's just, I don't know, maybe in a like just a couple more games, kind of same with like just Huberto and playing with the two right-handed guys. So it'll kind of, figure itself out but if not yeah it might be time to try somebody else my issue is though is i feel like you grab somebody from that second line of uh kadri majapani and dubey i don't want to break up that line so that's where at all that idea of brad you know trying to find another top six winger that might need to come into play here because i don't think you're pulling up somebody from the third line and it's hard because those guys don't grow on trees right you can't just yeah. go out and you can't just go and get another top 6 winger like those no. are sought after on i'm going to say damn near all of the 32 teams in this league um it's not easy to just go out and get and I, and i get what you're saying i'm not disagreeing with you at all i'm not shitting on your yeah. point because i agree and and a lot of people do too but that the, that the problem is you just can't go out and get those guys you know as easily as as you might think without losing you know probably a good blue line piece. I know a lot of people have thrown Hannafin out there, but after tonight's game and him not being a part of it, I, I think people, I think people are going to think twice about adding, uh, uh, adding him into any potential trades. Um, but yeah, to your point, they did actually play Kadri for the last little bit of the game uh, on that first line and bumped Lindholm down to the second line. And even that didn't, really pushed the needle for me it wasn't super noticeable if anything I think it worsened them because that second line who have instantly clicked uh with mm-hmm. Kadri and for those of you who, know, who don't know what we're talking about the Kadri Manjapani and um uh Dubé line they've clicked and I, I don't know like you said I'm not messing with that dynamic um I <sighs> I don't know what they're going to do. I I really don't because I don't even think the third line, I don't even think Trevor Lewis playing in your top nine is a good thing. And here he is on, on the third line with Coleman and Backlund. 
Yeah, and putting up a goal tonight too. I know I put I out know. a tweet that was the kind of like the cutoff of like Trevor Le- Trevor Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Trevor Lewis puts the flames up on the board. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. There's definitely some holes and I'm not again, we're not trying to poo on them too hard because they've had a really good start to this season. It's the fourth game of the year and maybe it's, we're being, it's one game. Yeah, and we're maybe and it's the it's their first loss. Like it's it's yeah. It's inevitable that people like us and people who write uh, the Mike Goulds of the world and the Ryan Pikes and all the guys at the wind column and all that stuff, they're gonna we're gonna poo poo on them for the first loss and there's gonna be things that we want to fix. But at the end of the day, it's really not the end of the world. It's one loss. There's hold on, is my math gonna work? Seventy eight more games to go. If my yes. math is correct, you're the you're a numbers guy. You're 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 in school. You're supposed to be smart, so you can <laughs> you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong there, but. All in all, not the greatest of performances. We move on. We move yep. on, man. That's life goes on. It's it is what it is. Um, but here we are in our final segment of the show, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, something that isn't to do with this game, but is to do with the Calgary Flames, and it's right up your alley, actually. And I know you're going to be excited for this one. Because right. a lot of things were announced today. It, it was a yes. super exciting day uh, this Thursday, October 20th, 2022, because Adidas and all of the rest of the NHL teams unveiled their reverse retro 2.0 jerseys. And the Calgary Flames are bringing back, and this is the worst kept secret in all of Flames <laughs> Twitter, worst kept secret ever. The Calgary Flames are bringing back the pedestal design, but it's going to be, they, they truly embrace the reverse part of the retro. Um, it's going to be a black Jersey, which is freaking sweet. Uh, white C like you got on your cap there. Yep. Uh, with the pedestal design. If I had prepped this properly, I would have thrown a picture up on the screen, but I didn't. So we're just going to close our eyes and imagine if you're listening back on the podcast, you can go ahead and Google it. If you're watching live, just close your eyes. Don't, don't leave us close your eyes and imagine what this looks like. How excited were you? for the announcement of RR 2.0. I was super excited and uh, being part of aesthetics as well. I was yes. hearing about the program quite a bit before, uh, you know, we were starting to hear it at the start of 2022, right? Like I was hearing it oh, back yeah. in uh, like October, like September, October of last year. Yeah, pretty so much a year ago. I, yeah. I, I like, I knew it was coming for a little bit, but um, for the flames one specifically though, I remember the start of uh, the, uh, like it was like, early summer 2021 before we knew anything of the program coming back i was you know me i like to do my jersey concepts and that kind of thing and i was like oh if the program came back this would be a fun thing to do and i just made a a black pedestal concept and much to my pleasure only the for myself at least the bottom of the uh like the bottom stripe and like the top part of the collar were the only things that I got wrong knowing absolutely nothing so to see basically the idea that I had just actually be what the flames decided to go with like I'm not saying that they took my idea or anything like that right because right. it's like a it's a, it's a two-year process on oh, these yeah. jerseys um but just to see that like okay I my thought process was, was along the same lines and like yeah like you said worst kept secret and uh in, in flames twitter kind of thing for a while there like just kind of the the buildup of it being a fan of the pedestal jersey shame me if you want to Mm-mm. i was really excited for this the pre-sale went on at 10 a.m this morning it was bought and paid for at 1001 for me that's amazing and and for me i i i want one i just 
haven't pre-ordered it yet because I've got to pay for a wedding. So I got a lot of Fair things enough. that and I got a lot of congratulations thank again you. for thank that. you. Thank you. I got a lot of things that are uh, that are going to be coming up that unfortunately take priority, but I do want to get my hands on one, especially because I missed RR 1.0 and I'm so glad. And another thing, I'm so glad that they brought back Blasty full time. Oh, wrong side. Right yeah. There. Oh yeah. They, <laughs> they can't see it because it's cropped. Oh, it um, is cropped there. Okay. <laughs> but, the, but right next to Nate's Red Wings Jersey is, uh, is Blasty peeking his little head out. Um, but yeah, are you happy? You got to be happy they brought Blasty back too, because like that's a oh, fan favorite. Absolutely. I know I, Adler, if you're watching, he's the Blasty King, so he'll he'll <laughs> tell you. But uh, you got to be pretty pumped for that, no? Yeah, no, absolutely. It'll be so much fun to watch. And again, like you said, goalie guys. So I'm like, okay, black pedestal, Blasty coming back, right? Markstrom's gonna be decked out in black, red, and yellow again. And I'm just like, okay, is he just doing different masks? Is he, is he having the same set of pads, or is he doing two different sets for those? Like it'll. The, the goalie side of it, it's going to be so much fun. And uh, to see kind of the idea of like almost blasty weeks or like kind of blasty chunks in the home schedule, it's going to be so much fun to see, I think, and just kind of uh, give a different shade to the Calgary Flames than we're normally used to. Yeah, and especially too, since the Flames haven't had like multiple alternate jerseys, if you will, for such a long mm. time. Like have they... Have they had two multi or two? I guess they would. would the last time they did reverse retro 1.0, I guess they didn't have it. Oh no! I guess technically they had their alternate was Tec- the was the flag. Yeah, it was jersey. the it was the phase out count. of the of the black C jersey. Yeah, so, so technically, so technically they had they four had jerseys four. that season. Yeah, but not four like unique jerseys because technically that was just phasing out of the old shit that nobody liked. Um, (laughs) But here we are happy to see that there's, you know, we're going to have some variety. We got the retros, which are friggin' gorgeous. I'm so glad they brought those back. We got blasty back for the foreseeable future. I don't think that's going to be a limited thing. I think that's going to be an alternate for, yeah, that's a mainstay. That's going to be a mainstay now as, as it should be. Um, And then we got RR 2.0 beautiful pedestal jerseys um coming back so it's gonna be it's a good time to be a flames fan and if you're a jersey nut like myself or even more so like nate um then it's gonna be the one for you okay let's uh go through some more of the comments here as more people are kind of chiming in and giving their two cents robert saying justice for the pedestal yes justice for the pedestal so many people are unnecessarily shitting on the pedestal julian mckenzie I am calling you out, Julian McKenzie. I'm pretty sure if I'm not, I'm going to eat my words if I'm wrong, but I'm damn certain Julian is not a fan of the pedestal. No, he had it like at the bottom of his list. Yep. And if I did see that. And when he finally comes on game over, I'm going to make sure I give him a piece of my mind about A, (laughs) his chocolate bar preference, glossettes, what? And B, uh his his opinion on the uh on the on the flames new reverse retro so anyway unnecessary drive by a julian but just wanted to get that point <laughs> in there um Lindsay saying minnesota's reverse retro jersey is a stinker and calgary has a better retro jersey this is what i'll say about minnesota and again i know this isn't game over minnesota but what i'll say about minnesota's jersey sure people are going to think it's lazy that they just reverse their reverse but how sick would a home and away permanent set of those colors be like absolutely if, like yeah. i would i love the subway colors like give me subway <laughs> minnesota wild jerseys 
a hundred percent you could and you could do it like a 90s thing where you have like a home and away alternate right like the ducks did it in like the mid 90s as well they had like a like a dark and a white alternate you could do yeah. that with minnesota if if uh adidas in the in the nhl allows you to do that that would be sweet so i do agree that maybe some people it's not up their alley but i love what minnesota did um Steve saying, sounds like the Flames liked your idea, Nate, which, yeah, they they, <laughs> they, they very well might have. Uh, Lindsay saying, again, no jerseys yet for me either. I gladly splurged on Trivium tickets a few weeks back. Great concert if you guys get a chance Ooh. to go. I am not sure I'm familiar with Trivium. Maybe I'm just a bad music listener. I My, know splurge, rec- what, my splurge was Blink-182. <laughs> oh, geez, how expensive were those, dude? Surprisingly, my ticket was actually cheaper than the reverse retro jersey today. Good for you because when I, I actually went to, did all right. When yeah. I went to look for blank tickets, it was like five hundred and sixty bucks or something. I'm like, there's, I mean, from what area of the dome, dude? Well, it was sold. It was, I don't know if it was. I was just too lazy or what if I was too late. But it was like it was it was low, like it wasn't floor, but it was like in the corner or something. And I'm okay. like, I like blank, but like, I'm gonna take a pass on this one. Um, and as yeah, for fair. not knowing who Trivium is, I apologize. I do know who Reckless Renegades is, though, and that's all that matters. Oh in my the context god! Of this show, <laughs> you did not bring that up. <laughs> I did. Oh, I did. Um, and oh, yes, I love it. Lindsay, the chocolate bar wars has spread from more than just the CJ show because I know CJ and uh and Julian go back and forth on on all that stuff and arrow arrow bars now you know what we need a nice and easy next time you're on uh because you're gonna come back on obviously I I hope so okay then yes that's that's a yes in my books um (laughs) we need a nice and easy flames win so that we can just bullshit afterwards about best chocolate bar chip power rankings all that fun stuff uh just to kind of loosen it up and, and give the people more of a true SDPN experience. Fair enough. I do have to ask though, because you brought it up, who doesn't like Arrow? Dude, no. Okay. Fine. CJ, yeah, I guess CJ, I do have. To, I guess I do have to come back. CJ loves. CJ stands by the Arrow bar. And so good, dude. I'm on Julian's side with like, why would you want to bite into a chocolate bar and be greeted by air? <laughs> like it's just chocolate with air it's just aerated chocolate like oh, no it's, it's lazy it's, good stuff. it's lazy <laughs> it's weak and it's lazy um i guess you know what we, we only got a little bit of time left here on our zoom call so we'll wrap it up here um thank you everybody for for tuning in and unfortunately the flames lose this one but uh we had a good show nate thomas has been my guest the floor is yours sir please tell everybody what you're up to where they can find you and uh maybe a little bit about the reckless renegades <laughs> uh if you want to catch me doing my own show the quack report podcast uh, it does cover the anaheim ducks but we do talk nhl and we do get into some stuff like your blink 182 and just you know other shows and that going on uh you can catch that we're live every wednesday on the thpn youtube channel uh, or sorry our youtube channel at quack report pod and you can find that at uh, quack report pod on twitter and instagram as well you can find myself on twitter at tate namas that's where i'm the most active uh t-a-t-e-n-h-o-m-a-s is where you can find me there um and uh reckless renegades is still on indefinite hiatus we'll call Aww. it that so considering my co-host on the quack report carter potts is also uh my partner in that band that's our focus right now so maybe fair someday enough. it comes back but fair enough for um, now 
I might have to. I'm gonna have to hit up Carter here and get him on the show too, because uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair of me to have half of the Quack Report on, and the other half just has to sit in the uh, in the waiting lobby and, and watch us. Uh, Adam, thank you for the uh, nice compliment. Um, everybody, you listen to t- uh, to Nate's uh, socials. Go follow him there, or if you need help with it, Robert has been plugging them in the chat throughout the duration of this episode. So just thank go you, back. Robert. Yeah, go back and find one of Robert's comments, and you will find uh, Nate's. Twitter handle there. Anyways, guys, the Flames lose this one, unfortunately, but we had a good time here on Game Over Calgary. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to SDPN. Thank you to our good friends over at Sports Interaction. We will talk to you guys after the next Flames hopeful win. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll talk to you later.